A relentless appetite for all things art, different and weird. Not much gets by him, especially not the use of a spoof, despite his non-Regents High School diploma and a piece of paper from SUNY Potsdam. Today we explore and celebrate the complex mind of George Cursar. That's George, like the Beatle, in this special edition of Get to Know the Buzzards. So come on in, close the door, make sure that towel is properly positioned. You are walking in on another $5 buzz. I like it. <laughs> dynamite, dynamite, dude. Yeah. It oh, almost yeah. had like the Rod Sterling uh, feel to it. That's what I <laughs> Awesome. Hey, awesome. It really awesome. had that, that feel. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Sterling, by the way, there's no team. The dude from uh, Twilight, Twilight Zone yeah. and other things. <laughs> he wrote Planet of the Apes. <laughs> did Actually, he? he did not. <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> All right. So, uh, were you guys ready to grip? Yeah. All right, guys. Welcome to Five Dollar Buzz. Uh, with me, as always, is Roger Mayer. Uh, Roger, how are you in uh, uh, down there at the brewery lofts in beautiful downtown? Uh, We're having a good time uh-huh. down here. You know, everything is popping off. It's a 92, 93 degrees outside. Very warm. Everybody's out and about and uh, relaxing. You know, and Rod Serling did actually help write the screenplay for uh, Planet of the Apes. So I was wrong there. You were correct that he co-wrote the screenplay. Sorry, Tom Glasgow. Uh, wow. Even a, a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. <laughs> you know, I always enjoy going down to the brewery Arslofts. If you guys are ever in uh, Los Angeles, you got to check it out when you're here. Um, George, you know, before we get started, uh, how are you? Good. I uh, appreciate the opportunity tonight, guys. Uh, I didn't prepare anything for this, which was weird. And uh, I feel like the non-regents uh, charter holder that I that I actually own. <laughs> but yeah, I moved to a beach town up here in Fairfield and uh, it's uh, a great time to be here with the summer. I could walk to the beach pretty closely and uh, I'm interested to get to know uh, the history of the town a little more because uh, I think it was pretty prominent in the revolutionary war. Well, uh, you know, everyone, <laughs> everyone knows that a move is, uh, is not easy and I hope it wasn't a struggle in any way but um. no there was a couple of there's a couple of people that looked me right in the eye shook my hand and said they had other plans as it should be with moving well this is uh this is our third installment of uh, get to know the buzzards and um uh we have a special guest uh we affectionately refer to him around these parts as our buzzard at large uh please welcome the one and only tom glasgow to the program Thank you uh, so much for having me. It's always great to be among the buzzards and uh, always an honor. I think you guys are really uh, hitting stride. The last uh, several episodes have been outstanding. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Thank you. Um, you know, uh, this these are fun. Personally, these are fun uh, for me. I think both of our Get to Know the Buzzards prior have been pretty cool. I mean, um, I know what you're saying, though, George. It's kind of a, a weird experience when you put so much work into the podcast as you do i mean you are you you carry your weight around here so it must have felt weird not to um to kind of be told to sit on the bench and uh, and see what comes at you but um you know not to put you on the spot but you know as is tradition um you know we'd like to hear a little bit about yourself and uh and where, and where you're from and yeah and everything that makes up the amazing human that is george cursar yeah, I, I mean, I guess the story uh, kind of goes back to uh, George Cursar, my grandfather, who had the same name. He uh, came from Austria and his father, which I guess would be my great great my great grandfather. I heard he jumped off a boat in New York Harbor and swam to shore. And I don't know if that's true or not, but no they, shit. they played that up a lot. And uh, that family ended up in far Rockaway. New York, which is if you've seen some of the uh, Scorsese pictures like um, Goodfellas, it's like that part of the world where they grew up near the uh, what is now John F. Kennedy Airport. And, uh, you know, it was a melting pot of uh, 
a lot of uh is that considered the four corners or something like that is it a nickname like that like no the, the five towns is a five part towns? of long island which long is island. just okay. a little bit further from there so george gotcha. uh, married this woman named Ad- adelaide and um he had two kids one of them was my aunt carolyn who you've met pete and, mm, yep. uh, she actually married uh, one of the boys down the street which was my uncle larry and i'm still very close with them and you know they've been married for fuck gotta be 60 years maybe maybe 50 years but you'd be you know, hard pressed to find two finer people on the on the planet than those two right. i have met them many times and they yeah. are wonderful human beings yeah so larry was this uh irish kid and you know think of goodfellas but only the irish version he was driving a car at like age eight smoking cigarettes uh went to vietnam new york city firefighter just like a man's man and they my my father was carolyn's little brother so he was a couple years younger than them so he was always tagging along with them and they were kind of you know uh adult figures for him i guess but they're very close relationship but uh, my dad, George, my George Jr., uh, I guess I would be George III, right? So George Jr., born in 1950, uh, big British invasion guy. So born in 1950, he was going to high school in like the late 60s. So he was there for all like the Beatles, the Kinks, uh, the Rolling Stones, Moody Blues, all that stuff. Uh, he had a lot of records. He was actually a DJ at one point. So my dad had this massive rec- record collection, and that's kind of how I really think I got into listening to all this music as a little kid. And George married this woman named Kathleen, who he met. Um, and Kathleen was one of eight kids from a family whose father walked out on them. So if you could imagine any, it's tragic anytime uh, a father walks out on his family, but imagine having eight kids and leaving a woman to kind of just take care of eight kids uh, wow. in Long Island. So uh, it was a, a another big Irish family and they kind of figured it out and it wasn't that easy, but there was a lot of love and affection in the family and uh, they enjoyed a good party. They loved to be social and there was a lot of them. So a lot of people would gravitate to them and they would have these big parties on St. Patrick's Day. So Kathy, my mother meets George. They have they move out further east to where I grew up on Long Island. And back then it was kind of pretty rural, man. Like we grew up near uh, the Ron Conkham, a train station. Nowadays, it's like a massive transit hub. But in the early 80s, it was just like a dirt road and a trailer. And uh, if you guys ever seen the movie called Over the Edge with uh, Matt Dillon. Dillon. Oh, yeah. So if you could just think of a working class town where all the parents had jobs and a lot of the kids were left to their own devices. Um, they ended up trashing the place. Not to that extent. I just wanted that, you know, if you could remember there was new construction, a lot of these neighborhoods just went up and every parent was at work and kids just were roaming the streets, <laughs> getting in trouble and doing things. And um, that's really what it was like. And I went to this high school that was really big and there was a lot of kids and there was a lot of exposure to a lot of maybe not the most <laughs> um, productive activity, but uh, the town I grew up in, Farmingville, I grew up in this neighborhood and there was like three guys that really had a pretty big influence on my life. One of them was my friend, Kevin Dunn, who I think uh, Tom, I mean, Pete, you've met him. Oh yeah. Uh, he came from a pretty big family. He had two older brothers. So like everybody knew who this guy was. He kind of had the red carpet carte blanche to do whatever he wanted, but he was a very humble, very nice guy, very good athlete. So he and I pretty much known each other since we were four years old and we've had a lot of adventures and we're still really good friends. Uh, we actually hung out last weekend because his brother who's actually younger than us just retired from the Coast Guard. So this dude, Tommy Dunn, who had more of a red carpet than Kevin did. So uh, Kevin and I had a lot of fun, had a lot of the same friends. And um, George, can you believe that people our age are retiring from uh, things now? Isn't that, isn't that yeah, same thing? Yeah, it's mean, crazy, man. How old is Tommy? Is he a couple years older, I would he, imagine? No, he's four years younger than me. So he oh might be God. 40. Wow. And he was in the Coast Guard for a very from a very young age. And uh, 
just a great guy that I grew up in my neighborhood too. So Kevin and I, you know, we were drinking from a very early, I don't know, like 15, always drinking and partying and having fun. And no one really got hurt. You know, he, Don was a really nice guy. And this other dude, the second guy was this kid called Craig Capone, who was a year younger than me. And uh, he, he had an older brother, which I've referenced on the fish episode. And his brother was like, I don't know if you could, if you think about like in the eighties, what like the king of the high school was like, that's what the dude was like, lacrosse player, handsome, most popular guy. So that was Craig's older brother. So he would kind of go away to college and tell us about stuff like fish and all this cool stuff that was happening. And, but Craig was an artist. He was a visual artist. He would paint. He really got me into um, like listening to, the doors and pink floyd and grateful dead big grateful dead guy and we would just you know we were unsupervised because everybody's parents were working so we would go to his house every monday and watch a movie like tombstone he's the first guy that showed me reservoir dogs and all these uh first time things were happening with this guy you know smoking weed taking acid uh he was kind of like this artist hippie guy he's a year younger than me so i got to kind of know all his friends which was cool and then the third guy that really influenced me was this dude called Steve Montero and Steve's um, his, his parent, one of his parents was from Guatemala. One of his parents were from Peru. So he was Latino. They spoke Spanish. I mean, there was always food that I'd never had before. And they let us stay up at his house till like midnight. We watched boys in the hood. The first time we would watch the Yankees play the Oakland A's at like 10 o'clock at night just to like watch Ricky Henderson and those guys. And, uh, but the, going to Steve's house, his older brother was this guy called Oscar. And Oscar was, he was really into hip hop music. And all the other kids would go and play video games and look at baseball cards. And I would go into Oscar's room and I would learn about all this music that was kind of happening not too far from where we grew up, like EPMD, Public Enemy, uh, Prodigy from Mob Deep, Method Man from Wu-Tang Gang. These guys are all from Long Island. So Oscar would get all this music on cassettes and play it. And for some reason, I was, I was always just listening to it. And he would always keep giving me things to listen to. And I remember one day, um, Steve, whom my friend Steve Montero, he said, Oscar wants you to have this. And he gave me uh, NWA's... Um, straight out of Compton album. And I, I went, he's like, dude, please don't tell your parents you have this. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> and I didn't even know what he was giving me. And I went, I, I remember walking down to like the local schoolyard and listening to it. And just, I couldn't fucking believe what I was hearing. And I was like, why are these guys, why do these guys have to have guns? Why are they killing each other? Why are they being treated poorly by the police? And it kind of like all these problems that are kind of current in the last uh, year or so that are, you know, I, it's just something that I kind of feel like I knew about from these guys that were kind of like educating me through the music. So those three guys and, you know, my dad had all the records. I remember just like listen, looking through like David Bowie records and Led Zeppelin records and like being at Kevin Dunn's house and, every Saturday just watching like fast times at Ridgemont high and being hung over. And that was really it, man. We grew up in this town. There was a lot of people around, a lot of influence and, you know, the, the parents kind of just let the kids do what they want. And uh, we were really lucky that um, we met a lot of people and, we're, you know, I'm still friends with a lot of them. And uh, I, I'm, I just feel grateful that I was able to uh, have that upbringing. I don't know if this is a long-winded answer, but uh, no, no, man. Trying to boil I mean, it down into uh, well, dude, it's awesome. I mean, that was like my formative years of you know just roaming around and just doing whatever we kind of wanted to, and uh, not that the parents didn't care, but the parents were working. They fucking yeah. went to work, and the kids just we kind of figured it out on our own, right? And yeah. the kids you hang out with too, and the people that you're around, your friends, your family, your cousins, your aunts, your uncles. I mean, all the person you become is is a amalgamation of all these people, like the people you just mentioned that you were close with. And um, yeah, that's uh, it's an important well, part of your life. Tom, and Tom's making a good point. I mean, like all all everything you just said 
explains how we know you to have this insatiable appetite for what's new and what's happening and this incredible retention you've you've managed to uh, maintain throughout the years of of uh, of of having that background of the british invasion music from your dad and all this f new hip-hop when you were a kid it, it makes a lot of sense i mean you know to me you don't ever turn off with with your with your curiosity as far as it comes to music and that certainly yeah. makes a lot of sense and it also it also speaks to i mean i also will say you know i've always admired and and been happy for you to have those great friendships that you spoke of i i know i can vouch for the fact that you you take care of those uh, friendships very dearly and, uh, and and pay attention to them it's a wonderful thing yeah it's great i always like um following up with those people and uh i don't know maybe why I kind of got into why I was interested in doing the podcast with you guys was uh, when I when I was in college at Potsdam, what I really wanted to do was become a journalist. And for one reason or the other, I wound up not doing it. But I think I wanted to do that is because I was always interested in all these people that I had met along the way from like grade school, middle school, up to college and, you know, meeting like Tom and you and all these other folks. And I was just always interested in where they came from and like, how did they know what they knew? And that was kind of always what I was interested in doing. And then I'm glad that the podcast that we're doing now kind of gave me uh, what I thought I was uh, good at. And really all I really was good at was being interested in other people and what they, I was more interested in them and hearing their story and like letting other people know the story about, you know, Tom or Roger or broadcasting it. So um, it's kind of weird that, you know, it took a long way, uh, you know, we ran around the horn of Africa to get there, but I guess we are kind <laughs> of, doing some version of journalism. I, I, I mean, at least I feel like we are because I like to research what, who we're going to talk to. I try and think about asking questions that no one else maybe asked them, these people before. And, yeah, and you uh, do a fantastic job at that. But it's cool. I think it's even better that we can kind of uh, write our own ticket, right? We can pick who we want to talk to versus the old format of, Hey dude, go and interview the uh, town clerk and ask him, you know, <laughs> why did Gary uh, get arrested for throwing apples at the fucking truck coming by, you know, like the mundane stuff that no one cares about. We can actually go and uh, find out what we think is important and uh, do kind of a long form conversation, which is, you know, when, when I thought about doing this stuff as a college student, like I never dreamt that we would be able to do something like this and uh, we're doing it now. So that's, I mean, uh, isn't that remarkable? Yeah. Honestly, yeah. The, the tech, there was no, there was no such thing. I mean, there was talk radio, of course, but not, not the accessibility that we have now. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I've been enjoying your, the journalism you've been doing with the uh, interviewing the guys at the restaurant um oh yeah I, are there more of those coming or is that uh i think there is we're talking about possibly giving that out to like a professional service because um we have an in-house audio and video guy who's really awesome and uh they just didn't have anybody to you know the gentleman that runs the company is very smart he's a tech guy he was a chef but there's only so many things that one person can do. So we kind of needed uh, someone to market the company, I guess, for lack of a better word. So, yeah, it, it's it's really the same thing. We just go. And I think on the spot, I'm like, all right, there was one we did with this guy, this pizza place. And the guy's name was Richie. So I was going to do a parody of um, the Steven Seagal film where he walks in he's like anybody seen richie i think the movie's called alfred mark for dad one of these bs steven seagal films I, I should know the name of it but he goes in and uh that's all he says the dialogue is like anybody seen richie so he goes into this italian mafia uh <laughs> hangout and he's anybody seen richie anyway uh, steve's really seemed to have lost his way of late he has. Like the last decade or so yeah, he's lost a plot, as they say, but um, <laughs> I guess he was a very respected uh, martial artist, you know, in his early years, you know, uh, 
but I don't know. It's, it's strange to see some of these guys um, fall from grace, Tom, whether it be Vince Neal, whether it be Nicholas Cage, um, you know, the list goes on and on, you know, maybe even the original guy to lose it that way was, uh, was it Gary Busey? Yeah. He got, he got in a horrible accident, didn't he? Isn't that when things Yeah, changed? he did. And no, I would, no, 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 uh, wait, yes, Tom, I was thinking, I was thinking of uh, Billy Idol. I was thinking, I was thinking of Tom Sizemore, Glasgow. Well, that's a whole, that's a, that's a rather sad story. Yeah, yeah. It was a short lived um, show that he did called shooting Sizemore. And I don't think it aired for very long, but I just happened to be in Maui with our friend, Brian Clancy, and we were watching it and we were just like dumbfounded that this guy, they were let, like allowing this guy, you know, unsupervised. I remember he was drinking so much. He like fell out of the car, face planted on the street and they filmed it. I'm like, guys, uh, and he had the famous line, you're a D student, Tom. You're a fucking D student. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just that, that those interviews on those, uh, you know, those short films are, you know, it's kind of like the same thing as I do here. I just try and think about it and try and be interesting. And, you know, a lot of times the people are nervous. Like the dude from the pizza place was so nervous. I'm like, ah man no not too many people are going to probably see this but just try and have fun but i think a lot of people are out of their comfort zone they just don't really get asked to do this type of stuff so but i will say you are a natural at those things they're fun absolutely yeah i try man i mean i half the time i'm not sure you know you're never quite sure if people are gonna i mean i know we will like people like us think it's funny and like we're just trying to be creative but sometimes i don't think it goes over too well you know man so uh but yeah we're trying and i think at some point they're actually gonna farm it out to some professionals but uh for now i'm just i'm just trying to help out and it's been fun man it's cool that job uh actually it's it's cool to go into these different restaurants with um you know one day i'll be in an indian restaurant or next day i'll be in a uh Italian restaurant and I'm trying to get better at Spanish so I can go in and talk to uh, all these Spanish speakers, which they really appreciate. And I'm trying really hard to get better at that. And, you know, I'm learning that, you know, some folks are from El Salvador, some folks are from Mexico, some are from uh, Venezuela or Peru. And, you know, when you actually get to ask people about themselves, they, you know, they kind of respond well to you and it's the same thing man i'm just asking because i'm interested and i want to know man it's like i don't really know too many people from peru so i want to know what it's like there and you know you know once you start getting a little interested in people they kind of um respond to you pretty well i find and uh it's it's been fun man i think well um one uh one thing you can not you can't not say if you're talking about George is that you have a work ethic ethic like none other. I, and I know firsthand, um, cause you know, even though I was making fun of you before about SUNY going to SUNY, you actually, you actually, uh, went to St. John's yeah, passed the series seven, right. Worked nights at Deutsche Bank for a long time. I mean, I mm -hmm. remember there was a point in time, uh, you know, in the early aughts, I guess that you were, you were, burning the candle at both ends working very very hard and um and i i think it, it bears mentioning you know a lot of the reason we we got this thing off the ground is is uh due to uh your persistence and and work ethic in that regard too so i, I don't want to go on too far without mentioning that as well yeah and now we're gonna be back with no wait sorry fuck that i fucked it all up i don't have one chance to get it right and i get it all wrong we're going on a break <laughs> nice. Hey, we have a quick favor to ask. We want to get the word out, and the way to help is for you to subscribe to us on either Apple or Spotify. And it would be really huge if you give us a rating and a review. Much love. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to $5 Buzz on this special episode dedicated to our one and only George Kassar. And, uh, you know, this is the second half where things get a little weird. Pete? How so, Raj? You know, we can throw some curveballs at uh, our man with the plan with the microphone stand. 
curveball away. Hey, hey, George. So you know a lot about sports, right? Um, I, I suppose. I suppose. Going off and on. Yeah. Uh, I got I got a couple of questions for you. Who's the? Uh, let's see. The, the who scored the most points in an NFL game in history? Um. I would say I'm taking a wild guess. Jim Brown, Ernie Nevers, forty yeah. points in the 1929 game, got six that. touchdowns and four extra points. Well, you're always going off, man. I Nevers would have got that. <laughs> I think a lot of that sports talk is just uh, framing like point, points in time. You know, uh, I just I don't know. I rem- you know whether it's the music or the sports that were happening at the same time, I kind of always remembered like the years, you know, as a kid or a younger person. But so your uh, sports references tend to be in the years that you were actively participating. Right. As a kid. Yeah. But the, the man has a 100% uh, recollection. It's truly it is incredible. amazing <laughs> what he can recall. First names, last names, not just sports, uh, but uh, people he knew. Uh, places he was and but certainly uh roger you're right uh sporting events is amazing you know it's and it's one one thing that he didn't talk about up front which it's about him and that shocked me because there is <laughs> i don't think there's been an episode we have done where there is one sports reference well he mentioned the a's and watching ricky henderson and uh oh, i, I love ricky growing oh, up and and you can pretty much lock it down that sports will be brought up uh, on on the buzzards episodes. I love uh, how you work it in, and, yeah. and the guests usually love it. Oh, you know, absolutely! The, the, the wrestling one in particular, I had no idea, but like you could feel the connection between George and and uh, the guy who went to that school uh, because it, they made that connection through sports. So I thought it's... that could have either fell really flat or it could have been uh, <laughs> gold. And the first player I threw out at him, this guy, Jared DeVries, who actually played in the NFL for like an anonymity, unless you were a Detroit Lions fan. He knew him. I'm like, all right, well, that was I'm glad we got that Jared DeVries mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when we we did this one podcast, we did this pilot episode, guys. And if we could ever I don't know if that one will ever see the light of day and we apologized. I said, we Kevin Colgan was on it from um, the Hunter S. Thompson episode, and we mentioned something, and I said, we we kind of made a joke about a player, and I'm like, I apologize if his his family is listening, and Kevin's like, I don't care if his family's listening, and um, but yeah, besides uh, myself and maybe Jared DeVries' family, not many people probably cared about that. <laughs> but I'm glad, you know, I saved that Tom, I sat on that one for a very long time And when the time came to unleash it I was right there <sighs> I love we it all, We all appreciate that you have those Little references that you work in It's a, it's really a special part of the whole Of the whole thing Only one appropriate And also, you know what though about sports talk Which is, which is cool is it's, Most of it is so mundane and so obvious Like, oh, right. he's really got a really got to hit the ball hard this time yeah you know so when it's light and fun it uh, makes sports more interesting to me anyway yeah that definitely um so one thing uh one thing we've always had going uh george is we we and it kind of spawned our um this mount rushmore thing we started doing when we we do our own like buzzard episodes and we we've, we've had this running conversation for you know two and a half decades of um, like top three or top four right. certain things of um, that are going on. And, you know, the list is always changing, but just to put you on the spot a little bit, like right now, what would you say are your favorite all time three movies? For example, uh, I would say Fargo still. I yeah. love it. Oh yeah. my god! But I love you know what's weird, man? I fucking hate the Big Lebowski. I can't get through it. I can't <laughs> hey. stomach it. Hey, but something. But I love every other movie that um, they make. Um, the Coen Brothers. Yeah. yeah. Whether it's uh, a, is it what's the film with a, a Simple Man or a? Yeah. That movie I really like. Right. All, all, their whole entire catalog I love, but for fucking some reason, I cannot. I've tried the Big Lebowski several times, and 
I just couldn't do it and I still can't. And maybe I, I have to try once a decade to do it. Uh, but Is yeah. There a creation on John M. Cain's The Big Sleep also made into a nonsensical movie by Howard Hawks in 1947 with Humphrey Bogart. And you know, the, uh, the, the movie itself has, I've always had a problem with it too, George. Every yeah. one of my brethren loves that movie to death. You know, I love movie. I mean, I love the Coen brothers. Yeah. I love Jeff Bridges. I love every motherfucker in that movie. Steve Buscemi. And, yeah, but uh, I, I for some Bowman. reason, that movie's always rubbed me the wrong way. There's too much of a wink, wink, too much of a fuck you to society. I mean, the Coen brothers are misanthropes to begin with. That right. movie, I think, is the most misanthropic movie they've ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, I, well, I, hey, man, that's, you know, like your opinion you know your problem yeah <laughs> that is my problem and i you know man i wish i i, I could saying, get into it a million times <laughs> i also right. would say probably like shake redemption also a movie i hate anyway go ahead i don't know i guess uh i really enjoy heat uh val kilmer and um de niro and pacino oh. i really like that movie uh i like the all the music moby has a couple of tracks in there um i just think it's really well done and uh that's one of my favorite movies and i guess another movie i would say i have to go with fast times at ridgemont high man no uh, shit oh, it is i just think about it all the time and just it's just i don't know it was always on when we were kids channel 11 you just turn it on at any time and like something cool was happening <laughs> but the one thing roger and you might remember this i don't know if you do or if you really are a fan of the movie but uh when when damone was drive was telling uh ratner rat when he he's like hey man if it ever gets close to making out with a girl you got to play side what was it side it was cashmere yeah but he's like you got to play side two of Led Zeppelin three or whatever he said. And then the the song was cashmere. And I was like, this is the fucking coolest song I ever heard. So I'd look on like this record they mentioned and it wasn't there. So I wasn't sure if Ratner was, if the bone was lying to Ratner or did Ratner, he was such a buffoon that he decided to play cashmere. Like what was like the meta purpose of cashmere being there and not like the, the actual instructions he was supposed to receive. I'm guessing they thought because we, Alice and I have talked about this many times that you know what think, I'm talking about, right? I Tom? know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Absolutely. And I think that it was a cool song. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they thought the general public would not be aware of that. Right. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know because it's it was a little bit closer to when it came out, but at the time, but I feel like they thought nobody would notice. But and then you oh, couldn't like six you couldn't years before, man. You know. I know, but like, I don't know. Can you name all the songs on Zeppelin 3 or Zeppelin 2? I mean, I'm a Zeppelin fan. I can't name all the songs. What's on what? Immigrant song. I I know since I've been loving you. Well, so when I was watching this movie, I was, you know, maybe like 10 or 11 years old. And I would have, you know, I would go back to my dad's record collection and like look for the fucking song and put it on. And, you know, if he said it was okay to not scratch the record he's like i'm like i i'm looking for this song and i'm sitting there listening to the album you can't skip songs i'm like where is this song with the freaking violins and like the middle eastern vibe to it and it just it took me a long time to figure out that song was called cashmere and it was it was on physical graffiti it wasn't on any (laughs) so but then as i got older i said well did ratner screw up we got to get um cameron crow on here to like really explain I, himself on that one. I think I think Zeppelin 3 sounds better than Physical Graffiti and and but Cashmere is a cool song right there. Yeah. It is. It's a really cool song. But you think it might be part of the story. That's interesting. I never thought about that before. Like did he get bad info? Did he just not have the record and like you know that guy Rat uh Rat was kind of like a nervous uh you know guy to begin with so of course he's not doing it the right way. He's he's playing Cashmere. <laughs> Rat had bigger problems. Yeah, that's right. You got any blue oyster cult, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Forrest Whitaker? Hey, man. You got uh, Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. yeah. Forrest a Whitaker. young Forrest Whitaker. What a but great film. Worth winning fire tickets. Yeah. Earth, right. fire. Let, <laughs> let me see what I can do. <laughs> uh, Roger knows, you know, we all went to SUNY. Uh, <laughs> pods yeah. down. I know. And, and I, uh, I actually know George 
through Tom Glasgow. Tom, right. I was on my way to school, and uh, Tom's like, you got to look up this guy, George Kersaw. When you get there, tell him you're my friend. You'll be all set. And true as true could be, it was what I said and let in with. And we were we were off to the races from that moment. Yeah, I'm on. I'm pretty sure you guys would have found each other. Yeah. <laughs> I bet it's likely, but who knows? <laughs> but it was it's good to have the 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 double uh, connection. And certainly, uh, yeah, those were good times. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. I, I one quick real uh, reference is uh when in 1999 I went to Mardi Gras with um, one thing I decided I had to. I had a couple of friends who went to Mardi Gras and they said, you got to go. And I said, guys, we got to go before we are out of college and we'll never be allowed. You know, when are we going to do this? So we put it together a coalition of the willing Tom, uh, Pete, <laughs> Dan, Danny Cohen and Gary Frederico, who would be great to get on this podcast at some point. But anyway, long story short, we wind up staying at this guy's fraternity house in Tulane. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm at work and I'm talking to this lawyer and I look him up on LinkedIn and he went to Tulane and was there around the same time. I'm like, Hey, I was in Mardi Gras in 1999. Do, do you happen to know? I, I was at the boot like every night watching the sun come up. He goes, Oh, I referenced uh, this other guy that we went with Didi. And the, this guy knew the guy, Itai, who was Itai was hosting us at Tulane. Mm -hmm. So we just started going into all these stories about, uh, Mardi Gras and, and New Orleans. And I, I talked about my bachelor party was in New Orleans and he's like, yo, you guys got to go to jazz fest. So we've talked about jazz fest with Sigmund Bloom. So I think it's, uh, I think we really owe it to ourselves to uh, get the whole organization back together and go down there and enjoy some music. And he's like, oh, man. jazz fest makes uh, Mardi Gras look like amateur hour. So uh, I'm intrigued. You've got Tom, you've got my attention. <laughs> i'd love to go to i'd love to go to jazz fest especially as a as a little company with this uh well what'd you just say the um a coalition of the willing i yeah, love that coalition term of the that's willing. an excellent <laughs> excellent term yeah nice raj uh you know sure i'll go <laughs> <laughs> i think it'd be great man we get you know we could probably get uh cliff lee to show us around we could probably link up with sigmund bloom you know i think we could probably get a nice little uh five dollar buzz alumni you know danny cohen has expressed some interest mike vale i think we just um, maybe 2022 maybe a, we, we we convene in new orleans you know check out a couple of shows and uh maybe do some live recordings george you know <clears throat> getting to know you over these last couple of years you know and we've becoming pretty tight now that we've got yeah. this venture together and yeah. i feel like you know it's more than just family now you know what i mean We're, right it's, it's, it's a little weird how fast that happens that evolved it is, man. and you know it, it's it's you know seeing your whole gang and i've kind of opened up a world to everybody to the suny, SUNY purchase wonderland of uh, <laughs> SUNY <yeah>. purchase <laughs> or SUNY whatever yeah. Yeah. purchase because like a friend of mine went there and that's the one i always remember. that is one of them it yeah is one of them. it is so anyway uh <laughs> but it's great to you know to 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 not only be your colleague but to be your friend too and that's yeah. something that's just it's been it's been a it's it's been a wonderful journey so far and i hope we get to keep making this thing get bigger grow more and that we'll get to do other things outside of the podcast maybe in a collaborative artistic venture yeah man i'm roger uh you know you've got an impressive uh life and resume and uh it's great to be able to be accepted by uh someone such as yourself and like i said before you know we this isn't something we planned overnight this took a long time for us this podcast had a lot of different um it's funny it's two ways George. Yeah. We, we we took a lot of planning and then we stopped and then we just did it yeah, it wasn't yeah. like it when, when we actually did it we yeah. just like we made okay we're going to record in two weeks and that was that shitty episode we did with yeah. everybody and it was like god awful but we did <laughs> and it, it led into the second episode which just dropped a couple of weeks ago yeah the axman episode yeah oh, that's and right we, and we haven't looked back no yeah it's uh it's been great man and i'm glad that we were able to do it and uh 
the um, commitment is uh, been great. And, you know, the, the real work is done away from the microphone, you know, it's like uh, the, the stuff that nobody sees is where the real labor is and everyone's committed to it. And uh, it's great that, you know, Tom and our other friends have are a part of it. And Roger, I know you've got some um, characters you're bringing in. So we're just trying to grow the universe. And um, I'm just glad that we're all on the same level in terms of commitment and uh, effort and, uh, you know, committed to the quality. So I'm, I'm really happy to be proud to be part of it. And, uh, you know, we're just getting started, man. We're only a couple months in and uh, just for me, it's all about the guests. It's all about, and for me, it's always been about, you know, bringing other people that I think deserve attention to the forefront. And I know Roger, you are the same way, whether it be Shaka King or Pete, whether it be Bridget or, you know, we're bringing these people that, you know, really deserve uh, a platform in this day and age where um, either you're spoon fed, you know, mediocre generica or people are really guarded. I feel like, you know, uh, the people that come on the show feel pretty comfortable, you know, expressing themselves and talking about what they want to. It's a kind of respect, you know, it's a respectful environment. Well, uh, and, you, yeah. you actually bring up a great point, George. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of situations in I've seen in my life where if not handled right, the guest could, it, it can go sideways. It can yeah. be like, okay, what, what's going on here? What's, what's not, but you know, I think that we all, the care that we have all put into it does show in when we get here and, and the seriousness. And then, and then on the other side of the coin, we've got, you know, people like Tom, who was just a warm blanket, you know, you can always rely, yeah. he'll jump in, you know, a, a, a good energy blanket. to have around, oh, you know, <laughs> our buzzard I'm at large. I'm an electric blanket, man. <laughs> if I'm going to be compared to a, a blanket, I want to be an electric blanket. <laughs> yes, dude, yes. Oh, man, but yeah, man, uh, Roger, it's been great, and I appreciate uh, the opportunity because, uh you know, I'm sure you get pitched a lot of ideas pretty often. And, you know, Sigmund Bloom, who is probably my favorite podcaster and, you know, ma made me think it was possible to do this, always says the most important thing that a person can give you is their time. So if people are taking the time to listen to what they're, we're doing, you know, that's a lot, man. That's real currency. They Wait, everybody's locked up. I'm not. You're not? No. I can't. I'm not. Your image was on my screen, though, uh, Tom Glasgow. I think I was just standing really still. <laughs> uh, you know, it's uh, also uh, <laughs> um, it was Roger. George was always uh, pushing for you to to do this too. I mean, I, you know, you and I have our have our thing, but uh, George was the first one to be like, "You got." as far as like a forward thinking and interesting voice in the whole mix. And my God, man, was it one of the better things that that's happened to the whole thing too. So it, don't, don't sell yourself short there, pal. George is like a, uh, a connectivity guy. You know, mm -hmm. he does bring people together and uh, you know, as long as I've known him, I, you know, he brings people in, he connects some people to other people. Uh, he's um he reaches out, he makes connections with people. Um, it's uh, definitely his, George's tree is huge. His, yeah. His, 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 his coaching tree, if you will. Or yeah. I well just put, think that, you know, tree, man, right? I feel like well everybody, put. I think everybody should know everyone I know should know who Tom Glasgow is. Everyone I oh, know yeah. should knows who Roger and Pete are. And there's other people that I think that need to be known and, that's what I mean. I hope that's what the podcast is going to be just about people that um, we all know that should be fucking heard and heard from and tell their interesting story. Cause I, I, I would say that we know that the, the, the bench is deep and uh, oh, I hope yeah. every, we can get it everybody really on. And yeah. yeah, it really is. It's I, about, it's about talking to our friends and making new ones. And that's just yeah. as simple as that. It's, it's interesting the mark uh, that friends leave. You know, you were talking earlier about your uh, friends growing up. And mm -hmm. it's funny that you could make the, the argument that those people have also had an influence on me because you've had an influence on me and they've had an influence yeah. on you. And, 
And so when I go out to the world, and certainly for the last 25 years, there, there is an element of George Kursar in me. There is part of my personality is the influence you've had on me. No matter, you know, whether the next time I say face diaper, it will be because <laughs> of you, uh, yeah. you know, the whatabouts. But and, and, and more than that, just the uh, part of you is in me. And I'm sure uh, not literally, of course, but it's uh, it's amazing the way uh, people touch each other's lives and then spider and splinter off into into uh, further further lives. Yeah, when I thought about um, the buzzer, pot and beer, man, inter- pot and beer, uh, <laughs> pot and beer. Yeah. Well, when I was, you know, when I thought about this episode and like, oh, what's the or you know, the origin story to me is just it's everyone that I ever met is. I'm just like dispersing out everything I learned from everyone else. That's really what I think I'm doing. You know, I've got material from everyone and information and inspiration from everyone. So I feel like I'm just um, doing my uh, bent on all these influences, which is all of you and everyone, you know, that I've kind of met that I appreciate, which is. You you do embody, you do embody that very thing. And uh, it has produced some pretty legendary stuff. For example, Tom, what were we talking about? Today? What about the what, what about <laughs> the what abouts? The what abouts is like, what about what about? I I, I think I you it. invented it. I I, I, th- I, I'm, it. I as far as I'm concerned, George invented what abouts. <laughs> and as it's something I, I use almost daily, and uh, yes. almost everyone it's I know is well that, yeah. that that also knows George. <laughs> yes, not this. We've lost George. Go. We're talking about George, and we've lost him. I'm still here. <laughs> what about microphone freeze up? What about microphone freeze up? Right when you want to talk. Did you guys hear my coughing? Your what? My roommate coughing. No. And I got I got the good Roger, Roger, you COVID? Roger, Is there geese in your room? <laughs> I heard it too. I heard the geese as well. When? Um, in the, on the, on the podcast yeah. from, you know, oh, we, you, know you know, we figured it yeah. out. It was like, it sounded just like a, like a geese or it was, was the chair, or I guess is goose, which I, is not making the noise right now. It could have been the chair I was sitting in, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't. So you could have been a geese. Uh, <laughs> I could have been a geese. <laughs> I just like the Stuart shepherding geese in his apartment. <laughs> oh, right. I, oh my God. That was great. And I love how Stuart, you know, he got, he got, he got, he's like, Oh great! Thanks, thanks, Raj. Thanks for interrupting. A really, we we're sketching a group there. <laughs> the geese made it to the artwork. I don't know if you noticed that, Tom. <laughs> I totally did. I made the connection instantly. Uh, it was hilarious. Uh, it was hilarious. So George, yeah, I was wondering you, what the geese on the artwork was all about. <laughs> got to listen to the episode. So you got to listen to the yeah. episode. It's an Easter egg. <laughs> well, that that also bears mentioning too is uh, Nate Garden, dude. His the I mean, we were talking about it before. It's it's not just the episode, it's the art, it's yeah. the copy, it's the title. It's all of the it's the it makes each one feel like this great event. Yeah. And George, you brought us some great ones. I mean, like Stephen Fulop was one of my yeah. really um, that was a really great and interesting conversation. Mayor of Jersey City Bonnenberger yeah. was a was a was a great one. You were, you worked very hard to get those guys, and uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it's uh, it's it's interesting, man. It, it's it's just been really um, cool to see what when you get when you latch on to an idea and when you when you uh, fixate on 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 a, on something you want to get to, you know, and it, it always pays off, dude. Yeah, you, you know, your preparedness for uh, Shaka was incredible. I thought that was an awesome interaction you guys had yeah yeah man so so uh, awesome man i mean anybody else got anything we're hitting we're hitting about the hour here yeah we're hitting the hour guys i appreciate the uh time and uh the opportunity to uh give a little uh origin story uh it's weird uh not asking the questions but it's also nice not having that pressure so uh thanks nice dude well you did awesome as always um let, yep, let's absolutely. let's let's go around some the horn with just some last thoughts last thoughts 
Last thoughts. Uh, George, uh, it's, it's an honor always to be amongst the brothers, but it's an especial, it's, it's especially an honor uh, to be on the George Kursar episode. It's, uh, you know, big, big time influence in my life and uh, a, a, a great friend to the point where it's, it is like family. And yeah. uh, it's, it's, uh, it's an honor, man. I'm loving, I've always loved your uh, your artistic side um your writing uh, i thought i read some of that early stuff in college and it was it, incredible you know you could have you, you could have absolutely done that um the uh devil's belt work uh incredible mm-hmm. and um yeah thanks for having me thanks man i appreciate tom you uh making the time and uh everything you said likewise and uh we're just getting started, man. There's a lot of work to do. So uh, you'll be here. And uh, thanks, man. Thanks for uh, embracing it and uh, for all the kind words as well, man. For uh, for Roger, because he had a bounce to, to go to his thing. But, um, uh, you know, it goes without saying, you know, George, you know, uh, the one, one other thing to take away from this whole experience so far is just uh, not only have I feel like i've become a better conversationalist in in this way but it's spilled over into my personal life and you know it's just because we're, we you know we take care and uh and the amount of respect you uh you you show when you deal with uh with all of us and when and we all the way we all deal with each other and we've gone through some you know it's a challenge to, to we're making something here and uh and it's yeah. just uh it's just uh, that's been one of the most positive uh aspects of this whole thing and for roger because he's leaving um mm-hmm. I'm going to take us out and uh, say, guys, uh, thanks for listening. And if you have any questions, please reach out to us at $5buzz at gmail.com. That's F-I-V-E-D-O-L-L-A-R-B-U-Z-Z at gmail.com. And uh, we'll get back to you most definitely. And uh, much love. It was an awesome conversation. Once again, an existential uh, conversation. Thank you very much, guys. And I'll... uh... I'll tap the citrus citrus. It's about Roger's time. honor. It's about time. Roger opened that door, <laughs> and I'm not sure that the, the towel ever went back to where it's supposed to be. Yes, but, uh, dude. Yes. yes, dude. Get the spoof out. <laughs>